2: Visit Burna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. It's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey, and I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go. Put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. The World Health Organization, our media in Hollywood, I will tell you what they all have in common. We have... Some economic problems, to put it lightly. Bernie Sanders is running on back to one of his three mansions in a story that will touch your cold, cold heart. All that's coming up right now on I'm Right. (music) Vladimir Lenin had a quote that... I used to scoff at, I'll be totally honest, and look, Vladimir Lenin, everybody knows who that is, I would hope you know who Vladimir Lenin is, but for those of you who have only been educated in the modern American public school system, he was the commie, the original commie who took over after the Russian Revolution when the commies took over. That's who he was. He was, of course, a vicious tyrant, as all communists are. And he was a true believer. He believed in communism. This was back in the era where some people were wondering if it would actually work. And he had this to say. He said, when it comes time to hang the capitalists, they will vie with each other for the rope contract. Think about that for a minute. Where was he wrong? He's basically saying, for those of you who went to community college like me, look, they're going to commit suicide on their own. They'll commit suicide, and we're going to enjoy watching them do it. Look at where we are now and tell me where he was wrong. Tell me what we're doing here in the United States of America as a basis for policy. I'm glad to hear President Trump, as I'm about to play for you, is about to change course on some things, but consider something, and we know this. These are not things that I'm just making up. We know China is our enemy, and it's weird. It's a weird situation. It's weird to look at it as we're in a Cold War with China because we still do business, right? They're buying up our debt. They have a trillion dollars in our debt. We buy up cheap Chinese goods, sadly. So we have some kind of a relationship. Our president talks to their commie dictator. People vacation in this country to China. It's an odd situation, but they are our enemy. China is not even really subtle about it. Shoot, they've published papers on it. They have a 25-year plan. They have a 50-year plan. Again, the Chinese always view this as a long-term game. How many times have we gone over that? How many Chinese experts have we had on that tell you that's how they view things? China has a different culture. They don't need it all done right now. They will slowly but surely eat away and eat away and eat away. And what I meant by that Lenin quote I opened with, the World Health Organization the people who've been not only covering for China, basically carrying China's water as, you know, this, well, they're just a neutral body. All oh, they care about, look, they're just medical. They are just did it for the medicine. Do you know who their number one funder is? Us, you, me, we account for over a quarter of their entire budget. So we have this health organization, this world health organization that has been covering for communist China and all the things they've done horrifically wrong during this pandemic. And we pay for it. And not just we. I mean, it's nice to say that we. You pay for it. I pay for it. Our paycheck. That, that withholding income that, that what? They took how much in taxes? That doesn't, honey, does that seem right? Oh, don't worry. Some of that money got sent to the World Health Organization to make sure China was not held accountable for releasing a deadly plague on the world. Oh, I'm not done. The UN, the United Nations, they just put China on the Human Rights Council. I'm not making this up. You can make the argument, with with the exception of maybe North Korea, maybe Iran, you could make the argument China is the biggest violator of human rights on the planet today. Uh, We know they have concentration camps. We know this. It's not a guess. We know this for a fact. And they just got put on the Human Rights Council of the UN. That's like putting Jeffrey Dahmer on a council to oversee serial killers. It is. It's insanity. Oh. Who pays for the UN? Who's the biggest contributor to the UN? Us. Hollywood. We all love Hollywood, right? Well, I mean, we hate the idiots who are in it, but we love the movies, let's be honest. Even though all these actors and directors and producers are all nutballs, who doesn't want to go out and see the new box office hit out there? Take the fam out, munch some popcorn, some Sour Patch Kids? Who doesn't love the movies? Everybody loves the movies. Do you know that Hollywood won't put anything anti-China out? Do you know that if they even say something that in any way offends China, China will, without hesitation... Pick up the phone and say, "Uh, yeah, you you need to delete that scene or uh, or you're not your movie's not going to be released here and neither is the next one. And you know what the Hollywood producers say? Oh, okay, Yes, boss. I'll delete it right now. That's not an over dramatization that happens every single time. There's a reason you never hear the word China in any negative way in any movie. So let me see if I understand this right. We personally fund the world's medical organization that covers for China. We personally fund the United Nations, which has allowed China to do anything they want. We personally allow Hollywood to operate within our borders and produce anything we want, and they serve China. So tell me again where Vladimir Lenin was wrong about the capitalists arguing over Who will get the contract to buy the rope that we'll hang ourselves with? Where was he wrong? And the very least, President Trump seems to be aware of it. Here was him.
0: Now, world health, you have a world health, very China-centric, as I say, very, very basically everything was very positive for China. Don't close your borders. They told me that, I mean, they strongly recommended, they're not telling me, but they strongly recommended that we not close our borders. That would have been a disaster. It would have been a total disaster. And and literally they called every shot wrong. Uh, they didn't want to say where it came from. Look, uh, we spend, for many years, we've been funding the world, as we say, WHO, the World Health Organization. And for, for years we funded them, and, and it's probably spending at least $58 million a year, but it's much more than that because then we fund some of the work they do, which is some good work. But we're going to look at it now because every— I think every step that they made, everything that they said was wrong, and always in favor of China. Keep it open. Don't close the borders. Now, I didn't listen to them, and I did what I wanted to do— And it was a good move. But there were other things, too. Where it came from, the extent of it, how serious it was. Uh, They never viewed it as that serious. Uh, So, you know, it's one of those things. And we're the one that is the primary funder. And Mm -hmm. so we're going to take a very strong look at that.
2: Thank goodness he's going to take a strong look. And I'm hearing that he's going to take a very strong look. And this is more than just tough talk. Lindsey Graham says he's going to do something about it.
3: Well, uh, I'm going to take the burden off the president. In the next appropriations bill, there's not going to be any money for the WHO. I'm in charge of the appropriations subcommittee. I'm not going to support funding the WHO under its current leadership. They've been deceptive, uh, they've been slow, and they've been Chinese apologists. I don't think they're a good investment under the current
0: leadership for the United States.
2: Well, I'll believe that when I see it. No offense, to Senator Graham. I just—I've heard, especially out of the senator, I've heard a lot of very, very, very tough talk that makes you talk—talk talk that makes you stand up and cheer over the past year or two—about there's going to be an investigation here and there's going to be an investigation there and we're going to hold this person to account and that person to account. And I've heard a lot of bark. I haven't seen a lot of bite. Now. The WHO Big Cheese, a man whose name I'm going to butcher, and I don't care because I'm uneducated and I don't like him anyway, a man named Dr. Tedros Adahedidi responds to Trump holding back money. And he says, quote, that if you if you don't want many more body bags, you refrain from politicizing it. Please quarantine from politi- politicizing COVID. You see, they love doing that people who side with the commies always love doing that, of taking a side, taking a very specific side, and then when you call them out for taking that specific side, they step up and say, whoa, there's no need to be political about all this. Wait, when we called for restrictions from China, they immediately ran to China's defense, not our defense, and now we have over 10,000 dead Americans. Don't tell me not to politicize it. All of that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. All right, we got a lot more. Hang on. I want you to listen to Leary Cudlow right now. And then we're gonna have a very frank discussion about this. I'm not gonna beat you over the face with it all night because I've been going on and on about this and we already have an economy and crisis special coming up for you this Friday at 8 p.m. But I want you to listen to this, just listen.
0: You know I'm an optimist and, and it's the health people that are gonna drive the medical decisions here, medical related decisions. But I still believe, hopefully or maybe prayerfully, that in the next four to eight weeks we will be able to reopen the economy, uh, and that the uh, power of the virus will be substantially reduced, and we will be able to flatten the curve.
2: I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Did he say four? To, did he say four to eight weeks? He said four to eight weeks, didn't he? Have you people all lost your mind? And that's no disrespect to Larry Kudlow, but have you all lost your mind? People are losing it all right now. Two more months, another month, what? This just happened, just is just to me. I'm just one guy, this happened to me within the last four or five hours. I had a friend call me in tears, lost everything as far as income goes, by himself, two kids asking me for money happening today my water heater guy showed up to fix my water heater his brother just lost his job therefore could not pay his rent moved back into his home at the same time his mother with cancer now can no longer afford her cancer tr- treatments and will not be getting them any longer that's my personal story from the last four or five hours today people are being wiped out right now i want to hear no more times from somebody still receiving a paycheck. I don't want to hear from Hollywood actors. I don't want to hear from billionaires. I don't want to hear from political pundits who are sitting at home blogging about how everybody should just stay home and you need to do this for the greater good. I'm tired of hearing hearing from these people. I cannot take this idiocy anymore. Start putting people on television who have been destroyed. Go find the guy. And don't worry, there's about 20 million of them. Go find the guy. Go find the lady who just had to walk in the door of their house that night, probably crying on the whole way home and say, Honey, I got fired today. Sorry, kids. No, we, no, we, can't, we can't eat out tonight. We're just, I'm going to have to go sit down with your mother now and figure out how we're going to be able to make it. How we're going to be able to eat next week. In the United States of America, we have car lines miles long, as I showed you last night, to pick up emergency food so people can eat. Please, do me a favor while you have this downtime and you're quarantined in your home. Every time you hear one of these people on television, well, I mean, I hope in two or three months we'll be fine. Do me a favor. Go grab yourself a book on the Great Depression. Oh, keep a box of tissues handy and read about it. There are stories you'll find in these books, real life stories. This is not made up from the movies. Stories you'll find in these books where a child was looking too skinny in school and the teacher told her to go home and get something to eat. And the little girl turned to the teacher and said, I can't. Today, it's my sister's turn to eat. You do not understand the casualties and pain that are coming from a Great Depression. And we are coming. We are getting there. You think it's bad now? 3.3 million unemployed two weeks ago? 6.6 million last week? We have new jobs numbers coming out tomorrow, and let me tell you something. It's going to be more than 6 million. Maybe, maybe tomorrow, when the jobs numbers finally come out, maybe we'll get some freaking sanity back in this country because people are going to be stunned. Rush Limbaugh... God love him. He's all over this. Quote, I never have believed that anything like this would happen with people being ruined. It's hard to quantify. It's hard to describe. And I'm frightened for people. You know, there's a poll out there that more people today are scared about the economic impact of all this than the virus. That makes perfect, total sense. I'm scared to death. I'm scared for the people of this country. By the way, that's a man currently fighting lung cancer who would probably die if he got coronavirus. Standing up fighting for us. God bless him. Oh, but Democrats, they have their priorities in line. Here's what they're worried about.
1: That we always consider those that are documented, those that are undocumented, those that are living in mixed status families. Let me give you an example of what I mean. Just yesterday... I announced the work we're doing to help support small businesses. I very specifically mentioned in my remarks yesterday that there are many businesses, tens of thousands of businesses that do not and cannot get the support of the SBA. Those individual businesses, uh, we are making available these emergency grants through our iBank to do these micro loans uh, to provide access. That's an example of what we're doing to provide support for people uh, across the panoply, uh, including those without documentation uh, in the state of California. More will be done. More needs to be done.
2: You know what's most sad about that? Not just the taxpayer money going to illegal immigrants. What's most sad about that is California has been so overrun with illegal immigration that if you want to get elected to a statewide office in that state, you have to talk like that. Isn't that pathetic? What have we done in this country? President Trump, at least, is taking a sane view of the whole thing when it comes to illegal immigrants.
1: I know undocumented
3: immigrant will receive any aid from the government during this crisis. How do you suppose they survive during the COVID-19?
0: Well, you know, you're saying undocumented, meaning they came in illegally. And a lot of people would say we have uh, a lot of citizens right now that won't be working so... What are you going to do? It's a tough thing. It's a very terrible, it's a very sad question, I must be honest with you. But they came in illegally, and uh, we have a lot of people that are citizens of our country that won't be able to have jobs. Now, I do think once we get rid of the virus, I think we're going to have a boom economy. I think it's going to go up.
2: I hope so. I hope we do. But at least he's taking a sane view on the illegal immigrants thing. All right, we got a lot more. Hang on. joining me now former congressman and current dean of business at liberty university dave Bratt. congressman before we get to the economy which we have a real real problem on our hands here i want to talk to you about the world health organization the united nations hollywood three things that i have linked because they are three things that we fund yet they cover for china all the time and they do china's bidding and i'm trying to understand how China managed to pull something like this off. How does this happen? The United Nations, they have China on the Human Rights Council for Pete's sake. I'm not even making that up. And yet we're the biggest funder. How, how does this happen?
3: Yeah, well, they, they have documents called China 2025 and China 2050, with, which lay out the fact that they're at war with us already. Economic war, cyber war. They've been building islands in the South Sea for a while now. So that's been going on. But now we're finally, when when you have a pandemic hit you, you really focus and pay attention. And so now the length of their uh, apparatus they've built up globally is in plain sight for all to see. And so how do they do it? They do it with money, right? And so what links the UN and and WHO and uh, Hollywood is money. And billionaires who want to do trade uh, via California to China, right? And so, the, both sides, the uh, administrations. Uh, President Trump is the first one who's called the bluff here, but every administration, starting way back with Kissinger, going through Clinton, I uh, gave them most favorable nation status. China's been buying up United Nations seats. They fought very hard not to have the UK, uh, England's. Uh, be the uh, guy, be the director for WHO, WHO. Instead uh, we got the current Canadian who uh, is just doing China talking points that are total lies. Uh, it, it, misinformation is too good of a word. And so they're paying to play. Uh, they have the Belt and Road Initiative. right? They're going around to all sub-Saharan Africa, all the Middle East, uh, putting in dams and highway projects and whatever, and the billions each uh, to buy off United Nations votes. So they have a coordinated system attack. They fight by stealth. They don't want a kinetic war with weapons, et cetera. They want to win uh, by 2025, for sure by 2050, their 100-year anniversary. And they've got the uh, chess pieces in place uh, for the win. But now they just had an unexpected uh, dose of transparency. And thanks uh, to you for covering that.
2: Well, here's what worries me more than anything else. We come out the back end of this thing. We are yep. economically wounded. Now, let's assume we can manage to get through all this without China really, really seizing some serious power. I'm very, very concerned, Congressman, that China looks at our response to this, even if it was an accident, even if it was, it was intentional, however it came to be. I'm worried China looks, sits back and says, well, I mean, they're going to carpet bomb their economy anytime they get a virus? I think I just found plan A for my 2050 plan. Why shouldn't I be worried about that?
3: Yeah, well, that's right. And uh, more data points are coming in by the day that make the story more and more horrendous, right? So we know that they knew in early January what was going on. Uh, They were sending their leadership into the White House to shake hands with the president, vice president and the staff while they knew they had an outbreak, 400,000 travelers, airline travelers, came from China in January, February alone, from China into the U.S. when China knew what was going on. There are new bombshell reports uh, that I will confirm that they were also buying up all of the health uh, equipment, you know, all the doctor's gear and masks and all that kind of stuff in January. There's also evidence coming out how they've treated their, their own people worse than animals with uh, stories I'm not going to go into detail on it uh, because kids are watching but uh, moving body bags and you can do the math on that and what that means and uh, so there's going to be a trial at the end of this right it may be the scale of a Nuremberg trial uh, where the world comes together and and says uh, you knew this ahead of time you failed to share information and then when we asked for information you denied that information about the science about the origin of the virus, because if you know what T equals zero, right, when, it, when, it, when the thing starts, if you know the first person, you can identify that virus and study it and uh, get to the source of the problem much quicker. They said no to all of that. And so uh, now we've all seen the repercussions. Uh, we're a Judeo Christian uh, nation, which believes in forgiveness, uh, but it's forgiveness after uh, one repents and turns around. And turns around means changing their behavior there is no evidence of that and so the judeo christian tradition i hope we get our ethics straight as well as getting our foreign policy and our economics straight uh, this is the time for judgment and uh, and harsh judgment
2: Well, this may be the first time I've ever disagreed with you. I mean, I agree with you that we should give it to them. I don't agree that it's going to happen. You have to forgive me. I've seen nothing but the world lay down for these scumbags time after time after time again. And yeah, I think everybody's mad, Congressman. I do. I think everybody knows they did it. I think they're mad as hell. They're not going to take it anymore, right up to the point where this thing ends, and then they're going to be like, oh, China, could you just sell us more cheap stuff? What? Please tell me I'm wrong, but I don't think I am.
3: No, you, uh, I, I hope uh, that the American people force the politicians. Right. So it's been the elitists, right? The globalists. Uh, Brexit is a referendum against that. Trump's referendum against that. Uh, Bernie's referendum against that establishment. So there's a lot of firepower out there. So you're right. If we leave it to the to the ordinary power brokers, you're right. We just go back to business. But now all the supply chains are there. The evidence is going to come out, which is just going to horrify the American people when he, when they hear how the Chinese have treated their own people worse than animals, and they see the scope of that, how many people they treated in that way, and then how they treated us in the same way. And so the and, and, and just to be clear here, right? This is the CCP. This is the Chinese Communist Party. We're, we're not talking about the Chinese people. We are fighting on behalf of the Chinese people for freedom that they can have a life like us someday, right? We want their people to do good, but these, these thugs and gang leaders at the top of that communist party need to be taken out and taken out immediately. And I, I'll spend the rest of my life fighting on that one. And I think there's a lot of others who are going to do that too.
2: Good, and I'm glad you do. Now on the home front,
3: Congressman, yeah. this is
2: not going to work. I mean, I, I know I don't have to educate you about anything when it comes to business because you're the one who educates me <laughs> and everyone else. But this is not going to work. I, I we don't have time. I'm hearing these people, people high up in the government say, well, we have to wait 14 to 18 months for a vaccine. Okay, well then we're Sudan by the end of that. That doesn't work. I'm even yep. hearing things four to eight weeks. Are these people out of their freaking minds? Have they not talked to any small business owners? We don't have we don't have eight weeks to get things rolling. We have to figure this out out now don't we
3: yeah 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 no i i agree with you the economic damage i just wrote a paper it'll be coming out in breitbart i think today uh, with some of the numbers but uh, everyone's familiar with the coronavirus growing exponentially right which means going off the charts right, straight up through the roof and the press is all in on that story but you see very few press reports saying anything about the economy And the unemployment statistics are even growing at a more exponential rate, right? It's just a vertical line going from 250,000 on unemployment rolls to 3 million to 10 million now on the unemployment rolls. Uh, Bloomberg has the unemployment uh, rolls at 20 million this month in April. And Vox reported there's 35 million jobs at risk. 35 million jobs, that's 35 million families that are going to go without and right the economics is pretty simple it's robinson crusoe on an island by himself if you don't work if you don't have a job you don't produce and if there's no production there's no consumption and that means there's no food and so you have it exactly right and it is that simple and so there's a good uh, paper by anna Sherbina, i reference everybody to at the american enterprise institute she's weighed both of those freight trains coming at us right there's a freight train of the virus and a freight train of the economic damage uh, and she shows the economic damage outweighs the, uh, the health damage uh, by 12 weeks. And I think now that the damage, the virus damage has been overestimated and the, the news folks have uh, reduced those uh, levels and forecasts and models significantly in the past two days. It's widely noted. So now we'll see when that break even comes. But you're right. If a small business uh, person loses their customer and their revenues, uh, they're not coming back anytime soon, right? And they're shutting their doors, and they're permanently damaged. And the evidence on that in the sociology literature is pretty clear. 20 years after this incident, anyone dislocated from a job, average wages will be down 20%, 20 years from now. So it's not just what happens now, 20 years from now. All of these people, their lifetime earnings profiles and wages is 20% less than what they would have been.
2: Good grief. That is yep. generational devastation. Let's, yep. let's hope no, people is. wake up. I'm, yep. I'm glad you're teaching young minds now, Congressman, but I've got to tell you, I really wish you were still in Congress in times like this. Former Congressman, current Dean of Business of Liberty, Dave Brad, thank you, sir.
3: Thank you, Jesse. Great show. Thank you.
2: Bernie. I guess it's time to retire to the lovely Lake House. We'll talk about that. Hang on. Acting Navy Secretary has resigned today. I I used that Air Fingers quote thing, resigned, because we all know how this works. You see, this came out today. Someone released some audio of him talking about that Navy captain who got... Asked to leave very politely from the carrier. Here's Modley.
0: If he didn't think that information was to, was going to get out into the public, in this information age that we live in, then he was A, too naive or too stupid to be the commanding officer of a ship like this.
2: Where? Where is he wrong? <laughs> I understand. I understand we're all supposed to be that. Yeah, Captain's a hero. Uh, maybe you can say that he is. Maybe you can say he did purposely sacrifice his career for the lives of his men. And that's fine. That is. But what that guy just said, what Modley just said, that's all true. If you are the captain of a nuclear-powered aircraft carrier, which is pretty much the most powerful military machine ever, you are at least intelligent enough to know that you have a chain of command, that you have a certain way you have to go about doing things. I know know you all may find this shocking, especially you people out there who had safe spaces in college and places where you can't be offensive, but in the military, you have a chain of command. If you are the captain of an aircraft carrier and instead of only sticking to that chain of command, You decide to blast out an email to 40 people you're going to get fired of course somebody's going to leak that email to the press if he didn't cc someone on it himself but of course somebody's going to leak that email to the press and what Molly just said the guy who just had to resign i'm sorry that's right if you thought that wasn't going to release to the, get released to the press, you're a moron. But of course he knew it was going to get released. That's the only reason you send it. What I think happened, remember, I've been the one telling you, be patient on all this. What I think happened, I think Modley, he had an outbreak on his ship. He knew it. I think he went to his boss and said, I've got an outbreak on my ship. And I think his boss responded with something that did not please Modley. And so he then decided, well, I guess I got to do it myself, which sounds nice. Sounds good in the movies, right? Sounds like he's standing up for the little guy. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But brother, you decide you're going to do that on that level? You decide to embarrass some very, very powerful people? Bye-bye. Bernie Sanders! See that little change of direction right there? Bernie Sanders is gone. I'm not going to spend all night on it, but
1: here's Bernie. I wish I could give you better news, but I think you know the truth, and that is that we are now some 300 delegates behind Vice President Biden, and the path toward victory is virtually impossible. So while we are winning the ideological battle, and while we are winning the support of so many young people and working people throughout the country, I have concluded that this battle for the Democratic nomination will not be successful.
2: Bye, Bernie. I would tell you I'm a little bit surprised about the fact he's leaving just because Joe Biden is a barely functioning adult at this point, and I thought Bernie was gonna hold out and just be there by default. You know what I mean? But apparently it didn't work. Now, Bernie did say something I thought to be interesting. Keep your eyes on this.
1: On a practical note, let me also say this. I will stay on the ballot in all remaining states and continue to gather delegates. While Vice President Biden will be the nominee, we must continue working to assemble as many delegates as possible at the Democratic Convention where we will be able to exert significant influence over the party platform and other functions.
2: That part is interesting. That's not I'm walking away. That's, well, I mean, I'm kind of leaving, but all you people who are with me, I want you to stay with me. And, you know, we're going to add some more people. Why? Because Bernie is a true believer. And like he just said, when it comes to that convention, when it comes to deciding a path forward for the Democratic Party, Bernie wants a place at the table. And sadly for America, and sadly for the Democratic Party, Bernie's going to get a place at the table he's gonna have that kind of swing that's the way the game is played all right we got a lot more hang on
3: well before we get to china before we get to the economic
2: hardship and everything else this guy's always so great at this and always freaking hilarious kurt schlichter senior columnist townhall.com kurt this captain of the aircraft carrier, he, he throws up the warning, apparently, but also sent an email, apparently. He was dismissed. People are saying he should have been. People are saying he's a hero. I'm the only one, it seems, out there urging some caution on this that we don't really know. I have a very hard time believing President Trump, who's been so pro-military, is going to kick somebody to the can for just not doing anything wrong. Where do you come down on this whole thing? Um... You know,
4: it's interesting. Um, People tend to react to it by their ranks in the military. Junior officers think he's a hero. Senior NCOs think he's a bum. And field grade officers like me think they're by the grace of God go I. So, um, (laughs) look, (laughs) here's a bad idea. Jump the chain of command over your boss who happens to be two doors down in the hallway. Not, Not a good career move. I have no idea what the guy was thinking. I understand that you want to take care of your guys. You also have to take care of your mission. It never occurred to me to send an email to 40 people that would be published in the media about how I wasn't getting what I wanted as a commander. Um, If one of my subordinates had done something like that, he would be handing out volleyballs at Fort Wachuca's rec center. (laughs)
2: <laughs> it's, yes, it, I'm trying to wrap my mind around just how many push-ups that would cost me if I'd just gone around <laughs> Major Schlitter and just decided, I'm just going to talk to somebody. You know what, I'm going to send it to the New York Times and see what they think. That probably would have been a poor tactical decision on your
4: part. Uh, look, I don't know what happened here. I just know that a 06 commander of an aircraft carrier, which is a major strategic asset, does not get to decide if it goes offline or not. He can say, hey, I got a problem. Hey, I need assistance. But at the end of the day, the National Command Authority, that's the president or the guys he designates, gets to decide whether, yeah, you're all sick. We need that aircraft carrier. Keep doing it. Or, holy cow, get into Guam and dump off all your people. Uh, Not his choice. And maybe he went to his boss. His boss said something he didn't like. I didn't know he got a vote. uh, (laughs) Yes. Then Secnav had to go, (laughs) and and, and I I have no idea why he decided he needed to tell to uh, chew out 5,000 people. Uh, That's where you gather your field grades and your flag officers, and you yell at them. I don't know why some poor seaman's having this guy uh, uh, lay down on him. That's not the Secnav's job. I mean, the guy was from Annapolis, so, well, you know how that goes. Uh, it's, just, I exactly it's just a sad situation goes. all the way. Um, a good important lesson, look at what they did, and never do anything like those things.
2: Gert, Bernie Sanders drops out, and I have to tell you, I'm Yay. a little bit weirded out. I didn't think he would, because, I look, we all see what's happening to Joe Biden. I mean, anybody, Helen Keller could see what's happening to Joe Biden right now. He's not, Okay. He's not okay. It's just not. Everyone could see it. And I figured Bernie was going to stick around and try to steal the nom. What's the game here? Well, first of all, I'd hate to
4: see what Joe Biden would do with Helen Keller. Um, but, uh, yeah. I think, uh, you know, I, I think, frankly, I have to be pretty humiliated. I mean, the, the, the senator from, um, you know, the credit card companies, the corporatist chill puppet, grandpa Badfinger is now the nominee it's been stolen from them again uh their progressive dreams have all died and they're being carried away by a bunch of dancing ghani and pallbearers look their pain energizes and pleases me but i'm just wondering how long they're going to get keep allowing themselves to be treated like ned beatty on the world's worst canoe trip this is it's almost i'm almost embarrassed for them You know, that they don't have the uh, intestinal fortitude to stand up and say, no, I'm not going to obediently uh, vote for the corporatist shill that you guys have on a string dancing before me. But, you know, so many of them will, and it's kind of sad. I guess they should just, you know, be humiliated and realize that they're suckers
2: and weak. What does this do? What does this do going forward for President Trump's chances? Because, look, full disclosure, I've always thought he was going to win re-election easily. I do not think anybody can say that when you look at what's happening with unemployment right now. Right or wrong, fair or not, when you have mass amounts of unemployment, anything can happen at the polls, which, which, I mean, I honestly, I can't believe I'm saying this. I believe it gives Joe Biden a chance. It disgusts me. I'm going to work as hard as I can, but I believe it gives him a chance. Am I crazy? I think Joe Biden
4: always had a chance. I think he has a slightly better chance. But I don't think there are any honest Americans who aren't insane or stupid who are going to say, "You know who handled this really well? The guy yes, sending uh, hostage yeah. videos out of his basement." <laughs> you know, you know, Mister Diddles. Um, I don't. You know, I, look. I mean, there was a uh, fairly prominent conservative who looked at the uh, Real Clear Politics average, which favors Joe Biden, and said, "You know, you got to. Trump, Trump has an uphill fight here." I don't quite think so. Uh, I mean, you may run up the score to 70 or 80% in California and New York, and you're still going to lose if you're Joe Biden. Uh, I think there are real problems. Joe Biden is a manifestly unfit guy. Leave aside the morality, if you can. I mean, if it was Brett Kavanaugh, there'd be no discussion. But, you know, who cares about fairness? Um, This is a guy who just cannot handle the heat, and they will attempt to hide him. They will attempt to keep him from going one-on-one with the president. If he does go one-on-one with the president, and I think he believes he can do that, and he may push for it, uh, he's going to get slaughtered, and people are going to go, oh, we've got to have a seriousness check now. Do we really want Joe Biden or whoever's pulling Joe Biden's strings uh, in the White House? Uh, I, I think Trump is still the favorite. Uh, I think Joe Biden could always win I just don't think he's going to. Frankly, I think once this is over, and I think Bush is our Bush, uh, I think uh, Trump is our biggest advocate for getting back to normalcy at the highest level of governments. I mean, he, I think he wants to, and he's trying to balance things out um, as best he can, making hard decisions. But as soon as we get back to work, I think uh, uh, I think we're going to see a rally like we haven't seen in a long time. People are not ready to be in a depression, Jesse. They don't want it you know young people if you're under 45 this is the first time you've ever had prosperity and suddenly because of some fat soup drinking uh guy in china now this is all uh you know on hold for a little while uh if we if we you know fairly quickly get back to normal i think we're going to uh uh, get back to where
2: we were pretty quick well, I think I look, I think a rebound is there. No question if we get back really quick. I think we are severely, severely decreasing our chances the longer this goes on. The bottom line is, I don't have to tell you, small businesses run out of money, and when that's done, they're done. Uh,
4: uh, that's absolutely true. Uh, you know, I own a small business. I'm sitting in my office. Uh, you know, I, I will pass a dozen on the way home, uh, all of whom are sweating it out. This is where our engine, the engine of our economy uh, resides. And a lot of the people who want this to go on, and I'm not saying there's a giant conspiracy. I'm saying human nature is when you're like in the media or a government worker, this is exciting. It's like a fireman who finally gets put out of fire. It, 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 look, you've been in a war, you know wars are very exciting wars are an interesting time they're a horrible time in some ways but it's a time that you never forget and it can be really interesting and I think there's some people you know you know, the idea of a military guy is he, he wants to go to war no he just wants to do his job there are a lot of people who are getting to do their job now and they're in no real hurry to see it end and, and again I not agree. a conspiracy
2: just human nature human nature churchlichtertownhall.com. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. We have a wonderful story. Hang on, I got it for you. Let us remember that during hard times, hard economic times, times of a pandemic, there are wonderful, wonderful people out there. There's plenty of negative to focus on. We certainly talk about it plenty on this show, but there are still blessed people out there and they are the people who will get you through and they are the people when this thing ends, you're going to look back and say, that person deserves a statue somewhere. People like Mario Salerno, he owns 18 buildings. 18, and he canceled the April rent for his tenants. Do you have any idea how much money that must mean to a landlord? And to stand up for no advantage to himself and just say, hey, canceling rent for for April because I know you're hurting? Man, that's about as good as it gets. He said, quote, due to the recent pandemic of coronavirus, COVID-19 affecting all of us, Please note I am waiving rent for the month of April 2020. Stay safe, help your neighbor, and wash your hands. Mario, we here at I'm Right salute you. Thank you. I think I'm going to do something awesome, too, so I can tell everyone about it. We'll see you tomorrow. Newton Group Transfer She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888 84 jesse or go to timesharejesse.com. Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first ten minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com/slash Jesse.